Another episode of the Tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Roxanne Vaza. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Neil. So this week we've got quite a few good topics lined up. We're first going to kick it off with the European Digital City Index, which listed London, surprise, as the most entrepreneur-friendly city in Europe. We'll talk about that because that topic got me really riled up this week. We'll talk about the increase in investment in Spanish startups, which has now surpassed $500 million for 2015. So that's a record for Spain. And finally, we'll turn our attention to Eastern Europe for a change with a look at Stefan Gonchev, who runs Bulgaria-based Launch Hub and the Digital Talk Conference for Digital K. I never know how you're supposed to say that. So now let's start off with the European Digital City Index. Love this topic. I have to say, these rankings always really annoy me. I feel like they never provide the full picture. Before we get into our personal opinions, I guess we should maybe outline this index and the results for the listeners. Yeah, these type of results of or indexes are always very funny or these type of surveys. I saw one earlier this week where they were ranking the, the amount of tech businesses in London and whereabouts they were based. And there's 94,000 tech businesses in London. But when you actually like drill down into the results, it's like a library with a computer counts as a tech business. So these results are always to be taken with a pinch of salt. But I do love how these rankings get everyone so worked up. Cough, cough, Roxanne. Definitely, yes, they definitely got me worked up this week. So this particular index ranks various European cities. I think there's something like 35 on 10 different criteria in order to show essentially the strengths and the weaknesses of each location. These criteria include, I guess, what we could call some rather classical concepts, something like access to capital or or the digital infrastructure, but they also include some very vague and difficult to measure concepts like entrepreneurial culture or lifestyle. I don't even know what lifestyle means. It just feels like how can you actually measure and compare the cities when, when some of the stuff is just so vague? Yeah, I agree. Lifestyle, the only thing I could think of was maybe it was cost of living, something along those lines. But these things are practically impossible to measure. And then it therefore makes the index really hard to take seriously. But I think it does have some merit to at least try and attempt to figure out what cities in Europe are kind of more suitable for, for entrepreneurs and startups. I mean, SoundCloud very famously kind of drew up a list of their own when they left Sweden, they kind of tried to figure out where is the best place for us to be based. And they eventually decided on Berlin, obviously, but they very nearly ended up in Barcelona. And I believe Barcelona was second on the list and they were very close to going there. So, you know, SoundCloud could have been called a Spanish success. So these lists do have some merit because companies are actually trying to figure out where the best place is for them to base their companies. And kind of ironically, I mean, especially in SoundCloud's case, they recently just lost their head of engineering to Scout24 in Germany. And there's kind of almost a war for talent kind of heating up there now. And that probably wouldn't have happened if they stayed in Stockholm. And in Stockholm now, it's a place where the ecosystem's mature and a lot of capital's flowing in. And they probably would have been able to build the same kind of successful company had they stayed in Stockholm. Like in, ret- in retrospect, you can probably see that. But it also proves that these kind of best cities are always in flux and it just depends on your situation at the time. 
Yeah, so I guess if people are wondering who did well on this ranking, not surprisingly, London. I love London, but I would love for us to have for once a ranking where London is not the first one. I guess I could also be kind of a jerk and say that one of the founding partners behind the ranking is UK-based Nesta. I have no idea if this has an impact on the results in any way. I guess I hope not, but I also kind of hope there is. That would explain something. Also, Amsterdam and the Nordics did surprisingly very well. I'm very surprised by Amsterdam, I have to admit, especially as it came out second overall to London as the most entrepreneurial kind of friendly city in Europe. I mean, certainly not in terms of ecosystem or in terms of venture capital. I mean, I wouldn't have them anywhere near one of the top. However, people have been banging a drum a lot for the Netherlands and, and Amsterdam in the last six to 12 months. So it could be that I am just being a little bit ignorant. But certainly in terms of the data I see, well, when it comes to venture capital, there's definitely no question. They're not in the, they, they can't compete with the major cities in Europe, but they did do well in some other categories as well, which kind of put them up there. But I was very surprised by Amsterdam. Of course, I'm not as surprised by the Nordics, given my kind of association with them and the time I've spent there. But yeah, Amsterdam, I was very surprised with. And I guess if any of our listeners are wondering why I got heated up this week about this whole listing, it was actually mainly because neither Berlin nor Paris made the top five cities in Europe. They were ousted by cities like Stockholm, Helsinki, and Copenhagen. Ranking those ahead of Paris and Berlin, just to me, it sounds really mean. I feel like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I would agree with you to an extent, even though you were attacking my favorite Nordic cities. (laughs) But yeah, Berlin and Paris should be there, no doubt. I mean, at least in terms of kind of how the ecosystems have developed there and the access to capital. Realistically, if you're going to go and set up a company, then you're much more likely to do it in Berlin and Paris than you are in Helsinki and Copenhagen. That is a fact. And that is because of the conditions as well. And I feel like some of these servers, they're often kind of just looking at these particular categories, looking at certain things but they're not really taking into account what the ecosystems are like in these cities and yeah i mean anyone even people in helsinki and copenhagen most people would agree that berlin and paris should be above them i will defend stockholm's right to be in the top five though and maybe i would even have them above paris at the moment i don't know pretty level i would say but apart from the kind of appalling housing situation in stockholm there's not many hotter cities in the world right now uh, let, alone, let alone Europe when it comes to building a billion dollar company. So I would defend Stockholm. But as much as I love Helsinki and Copenhagen, Berlin and Paris should definitely be above them. We're talking kind of about top five. But in my opinion, there's a top four. And I say top four, because I think there's four that stand out and are in a different league to everywhere else in Europe. And that's London, Berlin, Stockholm and Paris. I was going to tease you and maybe not include Paris, but (laughs) (laughs) my honest opinion is that there's a clear four cities that kind of are a little bit kind of further ahead than any other in Europe. Yeah, I think I would probably have to agree with you on that. But as long as you're attacking Paris, I mean, I obviously I can't defend Berlin in this ranking. But what was very surprising to me was that Paris, for example, ranks only second to London in terms of access to capital. But in terms of lifestyle, it ranked 28th. I mean... That's just insane. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. But yeah, just to to balance the argument, I wouldn't have Paris as high as as second for for access to capital, probably around fourth. But I certainly wouldn't have them 28th in terms of lifestyle. But I guess that, I mean, that's the whole point we had at the start was 
it's so vague, you know, what is lifestyle? I mean, I'm guessing it's cost of living, but we don't know that. Perhaps it does actually explain that in kind of the index. But yeah, I mean, that that's why it's so vague. I mean, but certainly when you think of places you would like to live, Paris is certainly probably one of the most, if you're just talking about kind of normal situation, Paris is probably one of the most desirable places to live in Europe. So to come 28th in terms of kind of lifestyle, because mm-hmm. um, you also think of culture when you think of lifestyle, is bizarre isn't 28th like last place or something like to have to have paris that low down it just doesn't make sense yeah it's very close to the end indeed but now let's turn our attention to a country that actually did not have any cities in the top five that's spain but we may start to see them ranking higher on various different rankings and lists because they're starting to do incredibly well. So investment in Spanish startups is starting to make history. For the first time ever, Spanish startups have surpassed the $500 million in funding. So this will actually be a record year for them. Yeah, definitely uh, very positive uh, for the Spanish scene. Although some, actually, I, I thought it was quite interesting, some on Twitter actually pointed out to this showing how far behind Spain actually are in terms of attracting capital. So rather than seeing it as a positive, they thought, wow, we're, we're actually still quite far behind. But I think it's positive. I mean, any record year for a scene in terms of attracting venture capital is a positive thing. It just so happens that everyone else in Europe is having a record year as well. Yeah, I think to put things maybe a little bit more in perspective, we can actually compare it to Spain last year. So the same time period uh in 2014, Spanish startups raised what would be the equivalent, or I guess actually this year they raised 83% more than what they raised last year during the same time period. So this also is excluding biotech and pharma firms. So, I mean, honestly, I think they're, they're headed in the right direction. The increase in funding is potentially due to what some people are calling the second coming of classifieds and marketplaces. So this would include big companies like Wallapop. And they're also saying that it's due to the global expansion of startups that were founded in the beginning of the decade. So I guess we're also starting to see that trend throughout Europe at the moment. Some of the top investment rounds obviously include Wallapop, but also companies like LetGo, UserZoom, Peer Transfer. And I guess the next step is really going to be in terms of exits and also growth capital. So this is really not that different from any of the other European markets. In terms of VC investment, Spain is obviously doing very well. They're still behind countries like the UK, Israel, Germany, and France, but they are moving up the ranks. Yeah, I mean, and to give a little bit more further context, they'll probably end the year with slightly more capital than countries like Denmark and Finland. They will be just above them in in terms of the projections right now. But Denmark and Finland wouldn't be too far behind Spain. So that kind of shows you their position in terms of where they sit in terms of attracting capital. You mentioned countries they're behind. They're also way behind Sweden, of course. They've already raised a billion plus dollars this year. And the Nordics collectively are on course to raise two billion, which is four times as much as Spain will raise, which you may think is an unfair comparison because obviously Nordics is five countries but they're effectively half of Spain's population. So yes, Spain are doing well, but I still wouldn't put them in the top leagues in in Europe in terms of raising venture capital yet. 
All right, so now moving on to Eastern Europe, which is actually a geography that we cover slightly less on tech.eu, but that's going to change. We're going to take a look at Stefan Ganchev, who's the guy behind Bulgaria-based Launch Hub and also the Digital Talk or Digital K conference that goes on there. So Stefan has a career in telecoms. He's worked for companies like Atos and later Orange. Uh, he was the head of innovation for valued services there. And six years ago, he moved back to Bulgaria from France and has been a key figure in the local ecosystem ever since, primarily with these two organizations. For listeners who don't know Launch Hub, it's a mini seed fund, not an accelerator, covering the southeastern European region. So that includes countries like Bulgaria, Romania, Macedonia, Croatia, Greece, Slovenia, Ukraine, Austria, and Switzerland as well. I didn't know we could all count all those countries as Southern Eastern European, but I guess we can. And the two geographies that are the best represented in their 60 plus company portfolio. So that's actually quite a lot of companies they're working with are Bulgaria and Slovenia. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a kind of welcome addition to an area of Europe that doesn't really see as much attention as the as the Western part. And in my eyes, I mean, and it's, I'm sure it is in Stefan's as well, it represents a really big opportunity, especially if you're fueling kind of some of the companies that are coming out of the region at an early stage. I mean, I'd imagine competition is less for, in terms of investment. So you could pretty much have your pick of the bunch. And also you're kind of supporting that ecosystem over there. So definitely a kind of welcome addition. And their LP is the European Investment Fund, so that's the EIF. Launch Hub itself makes investments of 50 to 200k euro, and you can actually go up to 500k for co-investments with other regional VCs. To date, I mean, obviously we mentioned they've done over 60 different investments, but these include companies like Sophia-based Imagia, I'm probably saying that wrong, which is image auto-tagging and image categorization. Another example of a company they've invested in is Zagreb-based Synexio. So this company is known under the name of Super Popcorn in Germany. It's a cinema ticketing app, which actually received follow-on funding from Point9 Capital as well. Stefan is also one of the key people organizing the Digital K conference in Sofia. So over the last two years, the conference has grown into being one of the leading conferences in the region and takes place normally in May of each year. I would say he's definitely someone to keep an eye on, especially for people interested in working in Eastern Europe and in the region. Yeah, definitely. I've met him actually a couple of times this year. We hadn't met before, but I've seen him at several events this year. And uh, you definitely can't doubt his passion for the region. And pretty much every time we spoke, he was kind of telling me with pride what was going on there. You know, one of their portfolio companies had just won a pitch competition at the event we were at. So it's great to see someone kind of getting out and not only back in the companies in the region financially, but kind of also representing the region when it comes to Europe's biggest events and them having a presence there, helping them there and kind of just promoting it and making sure people know what's going on in that part of Europe as well. So, yeah, I think uh, Stefan's definitely a person who's kind of having a big influence on the Eastern European scene and now impacting on the wider European scene as well. So yeah, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed Roxanne getting a little fired up about the, the <laughs> it won't happen every week. No, we'll see if there's any repercussions, if we were kind of too harsh on any of the cities. I'm sure we'll hear from you. But yeah, you can uh, let us know on Twitter at Neil S.W. Murray or at Roxanne Barza. Obviously at tech underscore EU on Twitter. Tech.eu is the website. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. So you can subscribe to the show there. And we will be back next week. Thanks for that. Thanks, Neil. Thank you.